the uh, we're in the Chalim and Aleph at the top. So I think we're up to. Hmm. Let's go down to the very bottom design a bit. Okay, we're talking about the structure of this one. That's right. We're towards the end. And so it says, uh, Once Yerushalayim is built, Ba David. David uh, comes. It says, After B'nai Shal return, and they seek out God, so then also David, their king. This also could be understood to be a description of the... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, a description of the uh, the process of Mashiach, right? So sort of like as like you know, Kibbutz Galiot and things like that. So you think of move forward to David Ben David, it's Mashiach. Okay, we came about David Bat Tzvila. Once David comes, so we have a Tzvila. Uh, I'll bring him to my uh, holy mountain and uh, gladden them in the house of my Tzvila. That's the building of the Beit We came and Shabbat Tzvila Bat Once I have Tzvila. So then I have Avuda. I have the service in the Beit Hamidash. Shnamar Olutehem Bezivrehem. The right Tzolam Mitzvichid. The end of that pasuk is there. Korbanot Ola and Zevach as a the right Tzolam. Something that I want on my Mitzvah. Yes. Is this not a source in the Gemara clearly that we have to be active in, in like coming to Yerushalayim? Like it would, it would, it would seem that, that this is a pretty good indication of that. There's other sources that talk about other methods, but this this would be a pretty good indication. But it's not the only one, so. Okay. Um, meaning, uh, okay. So then it says, the Kemosh Bat Avodah Ba Todah. Once you have Avodah, you have Todah, that's Ritzay. Okay, right? So Avodah is Modim. Uh, I think like it. No. Avodah is Ritzay, excuse me, and Todah is Modim. Shnemar is Oveach. So one who uh, offers uh, thanks honors me. Okay, and that connection is important. So why they insert Berkat Konim into uh, the Bracha of Modim? So Aaron raised his hands and blessed the people. They came down from having done the Chadat Olashlamim. Maybe I would say that happened before the Avodah. Maybe the Birkat Konim was before he did the uh, the service. Yeah, right? So says, Don't think that. Does it say he came down to do the Avodah? No. From having done the Avodah. Uh, so that's the that's the idea. Because that's what we say at uh, that point. Fine. Well, if that's the case, you see a connection between the Avodah and the Beit HaMikdash, the Korbanot, and Berkat Konim. So you should say Berkat Konim after Ritzay, right? That's the Bracha of Avodah. Why are we doing it in Modim? Mar says, Don't think that Dichtiv, as it says, we just said before, so Ve'ach, Todah. Right, the Pasuk links already those uh, those two things, Avodah and Todah. So you see this is like a competition a little bit of what things we're linking together, but you have to make a choice. The Gemara actually asked that question right now. My Chazid Desmachta Ha'is, so why would you rely on this connection, rely on that connection? Meaning, what's the most preferred connection? So yeah, there's a puzzle that connects Avoda to Toda, and a puzzle that connects Avoda to Bergakonim. So why do we go, Davka choose the, the, the Toda one in terms of the order, and not the reverse? Gemara says, Mistabra Avoda Vehoda Chadamiltihi. It makes sense, says the Gemara, that Avoda, service in the Beit Midash, and Hoda and thanks are one thing. Make sense? I hope. Okay. Now, Umara Ulamar Sim Shalom Achar Birkat Konim. It's one of my favorite lines here coming up. So, what did, why did they say Sim Shalom after Birkat Konim? Because it says, "Vesamu Achmi Al Bnei Yisrael Vani Avarachem." I will place my name on Bnei Yisrael, and I will bless them. This is in the context of Birkat Konim. Right? Then God says, "Like, so they'll bless me." Oh, I mean, the Konim do the blessing, but really, who's doing the blessing? It's really Hashem. Like the Konim made a conduit, but it's really Hashem. Brachad Akadosh Baruch Hu Shalom, and the blessing of Hashem is Shalom. 
Shinamar Hashem Yivrech Adamo Ba Shalom. Okay, so that's why you see Shalom is the last. Okay, it's the end. Okay, now. Um, now we'll reference a little bit what we said yesterday. So the, the Gemara yesterday told the story that basically you have 120 Chachamim, uh, right? That's actually Gnesh Dagdola, and they have a Nevi'im among them. They're the ones who instituted the But it says that Shimon Hapakoli is this one who sort of did the Tvila. So what's going on? So the Gemara says, Shimon Hapakoli, Mahisir. So once you have the Asher Gnesh Dagdola doing it, so what did Shimon Hapakoli have to come in and actually do? It was all done before. Gemara says, an answer that we see in several places in Shas, Shechachum, the Chazar, they forgot them. I mean, yes, it was instituted originally, but the people over time, I guess, forgot. So he came back and he rearranged the tefillot uh, in order the way it once was. So he just restored the tefillot the way it once was. Okay? Great. Now, the Gemara then points out, thank you very much, the Gemara says, This is an interesting part, which we'll talk about a little bit here. But from now on, I mean, beyond the Shemona Esrei, it seems like it's prohibited, basically, to tell the praises of Hashem. What does that mean? To Amr Abelazar, Rabbi Abelazar says, What does that mean when the Pasuk says, Who will speak the uh, great, you know, the, the, the uh, might of Hashem will make heard all of his praise? To whom is it like pleasant to speak about the might of Hashem? Only somebody who is able to then also make heard all of his praise. And then if you understand that way, what it means is like the Pasuk is essentially a rhetorical question. Who could be the one who could ever praise Hashem and then make her all of his praise? Then you can't. So the idea is that since we can't possibly praise Hashem for all his greatness, then we're going to have to limit ourselves to what Chazal essentially instituted for us. And you can't really go beyond that because then you start to be insulting. We'll say more. Somebody who overlays does too much praise of Hashem is uprooted from the world. It says, Hayi supar lo ki adaber, imamar ish ki yivla. Right? Well, like, meaning that's a pasuk here from Eov. Uh, meaning, can a person like, tell about him that I should speak, but if a person will say it, will he be swallowed? Meaning, you can't possibly say enough about Hashem to actually understand what Hashem is like. So it's... It's almost better not to say anything at all. Darash Rabbi Yudah Ishkar Gvuria, Bamrela Ishkar Gibor Chayel. So the Rabbi Yudah from either Kfar Gvuria or Gibor Chayel. My Dichtiv Lacha Dumiat Tehila. Like for you, uh, uh, silence is a praise. Sama Tekula Mishtuka. Like the greatest potion of all is silence. Okay, so again, this idea of silence. Ki ata rabdimi amar ami b'marabba mila basela mishtuka b'shtrain. He says a statement they say in the West, in Eretz Israel, is a word is worth a sela, but silence is worth two. Okay, and the idea is that like to uh, this is a great argument. If you want to know like why do we have you know institutionalized, formalized prayer? So this gemara is an excellent gemara to talk about from a philosophical perspective why that's that's a relevant thing. It doesn't mean we can't have any tefillah all on our own. We can, but there's going to be some limitation on that, and we should recognize that we have this limitation to try to praise Hashem. Still, so, I just tell you one quick thing. Right, the gemara says elsewhere that uh, somebody who says halal every day it's terrible. It's a terrible thing to say halal every day. You know why? They're saying halal is wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. To say. The point is, it's not wonderful. If you say halal every single day, it's actually doing worse, right? It's like, you know, like you can't celebrate, like, you know, uh, Hashem's greatness. If you're saying it every time, it starts to cheapen it when you actually mean it. You start, you know, you start to cheapen it. So you can't, there, there's a limit to how you do praises. And here, too, we're saying this idea, like praising Hashem for all his greatness, you know, at a certain point, like you can't you can't include it all. So what's the point of even saying it? You know, so it's, uh, we'll say less is more. Okay.
that's the end of that. Now we're going to jump back into the Mishnah about some of the technical requirements here. If you read the Megillah um, by heart, you're not Yotze. What's the source for this? We have a Gzera Shabbat used the word Zachor or Zichira, you know, remembering. It's written here. These uh, days about the Megillah are uh, mentioned or remembered. Uktiv Hazam, it says elsewhere by uh, by Amalek, Ktov Zotzikaron Basefer, write this down as a remembrance in a scroll. Mala Halam Basefer, this is over there, it's in the scroll. Avkam Basefer, so to whom by the Megillah, or by the Purim story, it has to be in a scroll. Umimai Dahai Zechira Kriahi, and from whether we know that the Zechira means to read it, to recite it out loud. Dioma Iyun Ba'ama, maybe it just means like reading the book. Maybe you should just like read the story yourself. Who says we have to have like some, you know, like a public reading of this text? Los Don't think that. Titania, as the writer says, Zachor, it says, I remember, Yachol Balev. I would think I could do it even in the heart, just to just remember on my own. Shehu Omer, Lo Tishkach. When the Bible says Lo Tishkach, Harei Shechachat Alevamor. The Lo Tishkach is talking about not forgetting in your heart. So Hamanim became Zachor. So how do I fulfill the other word, which is Zachor? It's Pepeh. It's with your mouth. Okay? Okay, the next part of the Mishnah says, Kira'at Targum Layazab. You read it as a translation. You're not Yoti. The Gemara says, Well, how's that? Hey, Chidami. How does that work? Ilema Diktiva Mikra Bekarile Targum. If it's written down Mikra, like in the proper script, and you're reading it as Targum, like you're reading it as Aramaic, Hainu Alped. That's essentially reading it by heart because you're, you're saying something that you're not reading. So, lo tricha dichtiva targum v'kara le targum. No, so what it means to say is, Torah targum means, not that you're translating as you're reading, but it's actually written in the targum. It's written in Aramaic, like an Aramaic Megillah that you're reading as uh, as Aramaic. Okay, but it says in the Mishnah also, belas, but you're allowed to read to those who speak foreign languages, you can read it in a foreign language. Of says, what are you talking about? But it just said in the Mishnah, if you read it in any language, you're not Yodzei. So what? So there seems to have a lot of contradictory ideas here. So Gemara uh, says, Rabu Shmuel Damritavahu. So Rabu Shmuel both said, Belaz Yivani. Essentially, it sounds like what they're saying is there's an exception to the rule. The foreign the foreign language of Greek is permissible, but that's the exception to the rule. So generally, other language is not allowed. Greek would be allowed. You know, Greek in the, in, in the time of Chazal had a special uh, uh, status, and that would be the one you'd be allowed to read. Okay, okay, just point out, that was Rabbi Acha Amr Abelazah, so one more statement of Rabbi Acha Amr Abelazah, and then we'll go back to this discussion. Oh, I lost the blade. Oh, sorry, I skipped. Oh, sorry, I apologize. Uh, sorry, dummy. To keep you guys, you keep me on my toes. Hey, dummy. So what's the case? If it's written in Ashurit, which again, it's a Hebrew script, and it is read in Greek, that would also be Alpeh. So that Tom Rabbi Alchamar Belazar, same exact answer we had before. It's a, it's a Megillah. It's written out in Greek characters. Okay. Now we have the sidebar with the same people. Where do we see that God calls Yaakov like quote unquote uh, El or El Eloke Yisrael? Okay, that he called them El Eloke Yisrael. Now, what does that pasuk mean? It's a little bit strange pasuk. If it's uh, Yaakov is calling the Mizbeach by the name Aleph Lamin. Yaakov called it El. Ella 
El Elohei Yisrael. Meaning, it's been, it mean, rather, but then the understanding is, he called Yaakov, like Li Yaakov, the name El, and who did it? Kelo, uh, uh, Elokei Yisrael. So if you go by the passage, just go by one line, it says, Yisrael, that means it's, that he, Hashem, called him Yaakov, Kel, comma, Elokei Yisrael, is the one who did the Vayikra. Okay, so if you reread it, it would be like, Vayikra, Elokei Yisrael, Lo, El. Make sense? Okay. Uh, okay, the Gemara now jumps in and says, okay, back to our discussion about the foreign languages. Made to make, but there seems to be a contradiction here, or a difficulty with, I should say contradiction, I should say, Akash Amram and Shmuel. Kira'ah Giftit, and Brachter says, if you read it in Giftit, Ivrit, Ilmit, Madait, Yivanit, you've read it in all these different languages. I think I saw Giftit, is Coptic or something, Ivrit is Hebrew, Ilmit, uh, from Elam, Madait, from Mada, Yivanit, Greek, Lo Yatsa, you're not Yotze. Okay, but we, so one of the, uh, hmm, so in one of the ones, so one of the the, the languages included here is Yevanit. So what's going on here? So the Gemara says, "Halo damya elolaha." So it must be uh, the only way you can inter- interpret this uh, brayta is as follows: Giftit legiftim, ivrim ivrim, ilmid leilmim, yevanim leivanim, yatsa. Okay. But right, so it says like the next line is essentially saying. But if you read these languages, not just generally, but you read them to particular people who are. Uh, able to understand those languages, you are Yotze. So if that's the case, so all these other languages you are Yotze, well, hold on. Rabbi Shmuel just interpreted our Mishnah as saying the only time you can read to foreigners in foreign languages is in Greek. But this bright that seems to indicate otherwise. So Gemara says, Ihag, if that's the case, Rabbi Shmuel, Amai Mugmi Lalamatnitim Belazibanit. Lukma Bacholaz. But if that's the case, why would Rabbi Shmuel limit? This is true. This seems to be the only interpretation of that Brayta, but if that's true. Why would Rabbi Shmuel limit it to Greek? So Allah Rabbi will say like this Matnitin Kebraita. We'll say our Mishnah, okay, is following the Brayta. And that means that the Halacha is you can read to foreigners in the language that they understand. Okay, and it can be written in that language, presumably. And when Rabbi Shmuel made their statement, it wasn't about the it wasn't about the Mishnah. It's Be'alma Itmar. It was stated in general, meaning what? Rabbi Shmuel the Amrei Tarvayu. Both Rabbi Shmuel said, "Laz Yevani Lakol Kasher." That the foreign language of Greek would be kosher for everybody, not just for people who speak Greek. Okay? The Bible says, "What do you mean?" But Hakatani, but teaches us on the Brayta, Yevani Leivanim. It's the Greek to the Greeks. It says in, uh, so that sounds like in, meaning to Yivanim, yes. Lekuli Amalos, anybody else? No. So what's going on here? Where it says no. In who da'amar kam shemagamliel, it must be the Rabbi Shmuel with the follower of shemagamliel. It's not as we learned in the Mishnah. Yeah, Rabbi Shmuel Omer af svar right I think. Rabbi Shmuel says af svarim lo hitiru shiichtavu ella yivanit. What's the Mishnah? Right, he says even sifrei Torah like the sifrei Torah Tanakh were only permissible to be written in Greek. Okay, that was his opinion. Now. Okay, so that's what Rabbi Shmuel is talking about. They're talking about the idea that Rabbi Shmuel said that you can only write Svarim in Greek. Gemara says, But if that's the case, then why don't they just say that Allah is like Rabbi Shmuel? I mean, if they're saying this idea that Rabbi Shmuel said, then they should just say it. I mean, okay, they disagree with the, with, uh, with, uh, with the Rabbanan, that's fine. But just say Allah is like Rabbi Shmuel. Well, it says, no. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's not intellectually honest to say that your own opinion, if that's what, if that's what they're interpreting Rabbi Shmuel. And just as the point, the point here, I think, is that if, in fact, we're trying to interpret them that way, it would seem to indicate that they're not saying like Rabbi Shmuel if they don't just simply say, so either way it doesn't work. So the says, But it says no, because if I if you had only said I would say that's for other 
works, other books of Tanakh, of a Megillah, when it comes to the Megillah, where it says specifically, as it is written, that you might say that should be the exception to the rule, Gemara uh, says, Kamash Malan, that no, even Megillah has this restriction, only Greek works and not uh, not the other ones. Okay, so in the end, it's interesting. So first, we just said summarize. First, what we did do is we said, Rabbi Shmuel essentially is the proper reading of the Mishnah, that we limit the Mishnah uh, foreign language to Greek. We said, based on the Brighton, that doesn't seem to work. So then we say, we, are, we can lead to anyone, uh, any foreigner in their foreign language. And then Rabbi Shmuel, I sort of like uh, uh, pushed off to the side, where they hold like this, this unique opinion of Shem Gamil, but you know, that's a disagreement with, with the Chachamim. Anyhow. Okay. Now, it says, Somebody who speaks a foreign language, but they hear it in Ashurit, they hear the Hebrew, they're still Yotzit. The Gemara says, What do you mean? But they don't know what's being said. So how can you be Yotzit the Mitzvah of hearing the Megillah if you don't know what you're hearing? The Gemara says, What are you talking about? What do you mean? It's the same thing with women in Ami Haaretz. They don't understand what's being said. Meaning women in Ami Haaretz at that time didn't know Hebrew either. Like, that's not so weird. Like, let's say you walked into, I'm, no, like, you know, forgive me, but let's say you walked into a Reform Shul and heard the Megillah. Do you think anyone in the Reform Shul knows, knows Hebrew? Maybe very few. No offense, they didn't learn Hebrew. By the way, not just Reform. Mono Orthodox. Go to Mono Orthodox High School and read the Megillah. How many kids can read the Megillah and know what's going on? Very few. But you're using the mitzvah, right? So, same thing here. Doesn't make any difference. That's the Okay. What? Fair, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope I wish not. I hope that would be true. Everyone knows the Megillah. So Rabbin has a different kasha. He says, wait a second, what do you think we know Miyadina? Uh, he said, what we know what the word Akhshranim B'nei Ramachim means? Like those are hard, those are different, it's like Persian words. We don't know those words. Ella, it's a different, here's the explanation. Mitzvah Kriya Obresimenisa. Meaning, well, why are we Yose? Because the mitzvah is to read it publicly and publicize the miracle. Hachanami, Mitzvah Kriya Obresimenisa. Here too, it's a mitzvah of reading it and Obresimenisa. Yeah, obviously it's nice people can understand the words, but bottom line is there's a formality to it. You read the famous you know, Megillah, you read it as it's written, and if you read it, the, the Megillah as it was written, so that's what goes the midst of hearing the Megillah. It's not really about how much you understood. If you're already reading a foreign language, then you have to understand it. But to read it as it was written, originally written, that's the, that's a, okay, yeah, fair. Now we have a really interesting Gemara, I think. Gemara says, if you read it uh, intermittently, like you do Paragalef, take a break, Paragbet, take a break, right? So you're Yotze. Gemara says, Rabbana didn't know what the word Seirugin meant. I guess it wasn't a word that they were familiar with. Shamua la'am to the Rebbe. They heard the uh, the maid servant of of Rebbe of Rebbe Yehuda Hanasi's house. The Ka'amar lula rabbanu to have early paske paske to be Rebbe. He saw she saw the rabbi is going up paske paske like bit by bit into Rebbe's house. And she said to him, "Ad matayat em nichlasim serugin serugin." She said, "Oh, when you guys uh, how long are you guys are going bit by bit? Like it's annoying to her, right? Because like she wants everyone to go to once. It's like you know, let's say she opens the door, they come in, she closes the door. Before people come, she opens the door, closes the door. It's, that's annoying. So she says serugin serugin. They're like ah." We learned what Zerugin means. It means that's what Allah and the Mishnah meant. Okay? So we have a bunch of examples like that, what they learned from the Amma of uh, Bey Rebbe. It says as follows. Uh, What's chaluglugot? It's a word that comes up sometimes in Mishnah. We don't know what the word means. She saw a certain man. He was sort of uh, hoeing his parpachine. He said, She said, like, you know, how long are you going to spread out your chaluglugot? I think the, the, the translation I saw in English of chaluglugot is her sign. 
Sometimes they're playing. I don't know what they did either. But the point is that they, they're, 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 they're the Amma. She knows what this thing is, and so they're able to know the word. Yeah, exactly. She didn't know the Pasuk on the Mishnah. But Salsala, like twisting, and it will raise you up. So what's going on? What does it mean? Twisting, and it will raise you up. What is that? She saw a man curling his hair, like twisting his hair. How long you going to twist your hair? So they, oh, they said, oh, okay, it means twist. So the idea is Salsal Dramecha is really talking about Talmud Torah. Like you investigate Torah, like turn it over, turn it over. Like you really like delve deep over and over. So that's what it means. But they didn't know what Salsal is. So, okay. Lo biyadur ebana mai hashleich al Hashem Yahavach. Cast on Hashem your Yahav. What is the Yahav? I was once walking along with a certain uh, Arab merchant, I was carrying a, a big load. Take your Yahav, right, and throw it on my camel. Says, ah, oh, I realize that Yahav is a load. Throw your load on Hashem, the Pasuk is saying. Ah, oh, it's like right now, Hashem will like, you know, release you of your burden. Uh, it says in Yeshayahu, the tatate will be destroyed with matate. So what the heck? What's going on? This is, what is the word? So Shemul la'am to the Rebbe again. The Amr the Rebbe Rebbe. The Havad Amr la'chavrater. She sent to her friend Shakule tatita betate beta. Take the broom and sweep the house. So they go into different context. So they meant broom and sweep. They, ah, that means that the pasuk is betate betate hashmed. I will destroy you by sweeping you out. Hashem saying like I'll just like sweep you out of the room, sweep you out of the land. Okay, so it's interesting. It's a good example. A lot of, a lot of examples here of where you can learn, you know, uh, things. You can, and it's not that she's giving them, like, you know, insight into the puzzle per se. But it is. You, you learn words from different places, different contexts. All of a sudden, you have, and you, you can use that learn knowledge you have from elsewhere, and you apply it to your Torah knowledge. That's a good lesson. Enjoy the rest of life, too. We'll stop there.